Welcome to Five Sharp Weekly. We discuss the big difference between Gonzalo Pineda and his counterpart, Wolford Nancy. Review the Columbus Crew match and get into your burning questions from the mailbag. All that and more coming up. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Welcome to the show, Five Sharp Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. And yes, this week, uh, yeah, match day one was not spectacular. It was a 1-0 loss to the Columbus crew. But uh, before we review that match and get into the news, let's give some shout-outs to our Patreon members, and most notably, Gavin, Jordan, Niall, Andrew, and Chris. Much love to you guys, and yes, uh, definitely get in on the ground floor on that. We have some very fun things coming up, so make sure to join us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash ATLUTDFANTV. But uh, guys, yes, Whew. yeah, uh, Match Day 1, you know, that first half, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's dig in, you know, let's, uh, let's open this wound, because that was not a half of football that we really want to write home about, but we need to discuss it. It is uh, not good. It is uh, another instance of uh, basically where we went to Columbus. Uh, and yeah, basically, essentially three of our last four matches uh, we've lost. And uh, yeah, you know, obviously they were all against Columbus. And, uh, you know, it's not a good record, but... They're the champs for a reason, but it is also we look out of our depths. Like it's uh, you know we have we had one shot, and then it wasn't on goal, and yeah, it was uh, basically you know one way traffic for most of it. We we looked kind of bereft of any cohesion. There's a lot of disjointedness, but uh, you know I think the. The defense was able to hold strong for a good bit of it to kind of mitigate any of those errors that did happen. But uh, yeah, they were they were battering us. Let's just be real, and uh, you know they were able to find uh, some pockets of space over the top uh, with their big switches. Uh, you know we uh, we try to play a little mid block against them, and uh, yeah, they were they were punishing us. Uh, you know either on the uh, the right wing or the left wing. Uh, and, I mean, you know, on their goal, it essentially is where, you know, at right back, they were able to kind of overload it where Brooks Lennon, uh, yeah, you know, they kind of targeted that side. They knew that, uh, you know, Lennon might be a player that wants to, to go forward a bit, uh, you know, and when he does, they're going to hit it fast. They're going to, you know, uh, play a lot of players along that side and definitely for that goal it was just something that yeah what else can we do we uh <laughs> you know this is our mostly pretty much strongest 11 i would say uh you know getting into that starting 11 uh you know almada did get the start he obviously had not pretty much uh at all in the preseason played with the rest of the team uh, but as well, Derek Williams was in, uh, for, you know, basically, I think yeah, he, he's maybe won that spot against Luisa Brown, at least for the moment. But, uh, you know, other than that, it's the first choice 11 and, you know, if, 
if it's like that, it's the first match of the season. It's on the road. I mean, you can put all those excuses in there, but I mean, ultimately, like, your first eleven cannot look that bereft of ideas. And uh, you know, I, I think it's full credit to Columbus Crew for that. But it is also they tore us apart, and yeah, uh, their goal pretty much stretched us to where. Uh, yeah, no one's at the back post, and <laughs> Cucho Hernandez, he was able to find the right pocket of space, and, uh, yeah, he basically had an open net. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to miss. Like, that's that's the player that you don't leave open. But, uh, you know, before we dig into really uh, even more minutia of this, uh, what were your, you know, kind of overarching thoughts, Michael? Yeah, I mean... This is something we've seen before, but this is not as bad as we've seen before. Um, I think that's important. I think that we need to look at this in terms of, you know, you know, golf. We're getting closer to the hole for every swing. I think we're getting better. Um, and this is <laughs> this exactly. This is indicative of that. So I mean, you have every game we've played against them in recent memory. We've had multiple goal against us, and our differentials have been horrific. On the road, anyway. Yeah, I mean, at yes, home, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, goals. exactly. That's what I mean. Exactly. And so, this game marks a significant improvement. Yet it's still a loss. But looking at how we performed, I mean, we'll get to the second half um, where we were threatening and dangerous. But this game could have been spun on its head if we got lucky, had some puck luck, and, you know, ball fell right for, you know, there was a couple of times where the ball fell and it was just like a little bit outside of Yakimakis' ability to tap it in or just fell to the left when it should fall to the right or something like this. Um, we were very close in like one, and that's all it took this game was one little thing like that to fall our way. And this game could have been tied and everyone would have been talking. Holy crap, Atlanta United tied the champs in their home. Um, let's not forget, no one beats Columbus in Columbus. They've lost like once in the last like since like 2022 or some nonsense like that. Like they don't lose at home. So that was never going to be what we did, at least at this early in the season with this team. Um, I think it's a possibility we could beat them later in the season um, if we were to be playing them away, which I don't think we are. Um, maybe it happens in the playoffs or something again, but um, I think in the future we might have a chance of being them if like, we continue to develop and continue to show progress. Um, I think the potential is there for this team. I don't think this loss is indicative of anything really um, that we need to be super worried about. I mean, there's a couple of things that we can talk about in terms of like minutia that we can get into. But overall, I think this team will grow with time. Some of the issues that we saw will be covered up and will be, you know, um, you know, um, built over or on top of and we'll be able to get by them. Um, and you won't see them as much. Um, and so I think, like I said, it's not something to, you know, scream about or hem and haw about right now. Um, it's the first game, not that big of a deal. We'll get better. Columbus is probably going to get better too, but not that much. I mean, I think they're, they're pretty consistent, um, with what they offer. And if we were able to almost give them a black eye, I mean, we were close. 
I mean, yeah, it's, it could have been, you know, 3-0 Columbus as well if we weren't, you know, having some, if we weren't playing pretty good defense, which we were, which is also another positive indicator. Um, you know, things could have been bad, but I think this is a, this is as good of a loss as you could possibly get playing away in your first match against the reigning champions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely um, that second half, which we'll get to, uh, was definitely uh, much more encouraging. I think we uh, we probably, I think uh, if all things equal to a degree, I think we probably won that second half a little bit. Uh, but uh, I think uh, this is telling uh, from Gonzalo Pinedo, though. Uh, he said after uh, in the post-match press conference that, uh, quote, the pressing moments were very good. We were pressing actually pretty well against Columbus, but after we gained the ball, we were not connecting the passes. We were lacking a little bit just either connecting forward or securing the possession for a bit longer. And I think that that is pretty much indicative of uh, a lot of what's happening. But uh, there's more to it than that. But I think to dig into what he says here is that, yeah, I mean, you know, for Almada not really having trained with Bartosz Slich, uh, you know, pretty much not having played with the team in essentially two months, uh, yeah, there's going to be some kind of betting in period again to get back acclimated with his teammates to know where, you know, they're going to be. And, you know, possibly there has been new schemes. Hopefully I would I would uh, really, really hope that uh, Pineda has introduced new things uh, in this preseason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately we, we looked like a, a midfield that hadn't played together. And that's the issue is that, you know, if your lines aren't connecting, well, then, yeah, you're not going to really create too much unless you just have these game breakers that are able to be found in space. And, I mean, Columbus, they're wise to all that. They know how to close down the space. They know how to make sure that we don't have time on the ball to get off a, uh, you know, a good chance. And... That's really kind of the difference is uh, against lesser teams. Yeah, you know, we may be able to punish them uh, through individual quality. But uh, with this, yeah, the, the task is tall. And, you know, I think uh, the encouraging thing, yes, is that second half. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we definitely come out of the second half or out in halftime uh, into the second half with, I think, a lot more gusto. Uh, I think with uh, a little bit more of an onus and maybe motivation, maybe, uh, yeah, you know, the company of the manager, of the, the head coach, uh, you know, I don't know if what his uh, what his speech would have been if, uh, if it were. I don't know if he would have, uh, you know, kind of been encouraging, kind of been disparaging. I, I would probably think he's maybe more on the encouraging side uh, for match day one. Uh, so that's, you know, it's uh, it's maybe to the effect of, well, we can't play a worse half than that. <laughs> uh, I mean, without, you know, I guess shipping in two or three or four goals, uh, you know, I think attack-wise, we couldn't play any worse. But I think uh, it's that, you know, the uh, in terms of uh, kind of... <laughs> The moments where we had to sweat a little bit more. I mean, Steon Gregerson, he 
unfortunately gave away a penalty. And I mean, you know, what, what was your thought on the, the penalty? Do you think it was a stonewall penalty or a little iffy? Or uh, what'd you think? Um, I mean, he came right through the guy's back, made no play on the ball, and it was in the box. So I I think that's a penalty, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward as it gets, uh, which, I mean, you know, Gregerson. It's a ta- I mean, it's a tactical foul. I mean, yeah. he. He, did, he knew that if he didn't do that, that's probably going in the net. So, I mean, you might as well take your chances of penalty at that point. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not so sure he knows Brad Guzan's uh, penalty saving record, which uh, ain't great. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't been paying attention for the last uh, seven, eight years. And, uh, yeah, he's never saved a penalty. And uh, even in the penalty shootouts that we've had. And so... Yeah, it you know it was pretty much like okay we're we're all resigned to two nil because Cucho Hernandez surely not gonna miss right not gonna miss it's Cucho Hernandez mm, yeah I mean somehow it's a fairly savable uh, penalty kick where it's a good level it's not too far to his right and it's not hit all that hard and uh, yeah I, I don't know what happened. But uh, Brad Guzan, yeah, that's, uh, you know, he lucked out. And, yeah, he uh, he was pumped. Uh, I mean, I think we were all shocked. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely it, it, it kept us in the match. And I think, uh, you know, with with that, I think there are some... There, there's some talk because, okay, yeah, the the one talking point we haven't talked about yet is that Braguzan started this match, and some people would have thought maybe, okay, Josh Cohen maybe should have started this match uh, to uh, kind of be that, that player that can actually stop some of the, the, the shots that it's going to be really, really tough to save because, yeah, Braguzan at this point isn't really known for being able to shot uh, shot stop really essentially his uh his shot stopping ability has waned a lot and yeah i mean though the haters the the doubters i think uh it's another match that uh, brad guzan can kind of put in his pocket that okay yeah you know the goal is not on him uh that first goal and he made a penalty save i mean he he largely kept us in the game you know, and Brad lucky that Columbus wasn't able to hit their long-range power shots this game, unlike last game. <laughs> exactly. That's that's one big thing for sure. He did have a moment of madness that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> if it was not for the offside, uh, him on rushing, uh, yes. you know, coming out of the box, whoo, it was dicey. He, uh, he very much handballed that, and uh, but... He was able to, you know, head it out quickly for the first part of the save, but he did not backpedal head quickly it out enough. Right to yeah. a player who right. could then mm-hmm. do something with it. So, not the best. Yeah, and uh, on another day, yeah, if uh, the player wasn't offside in the buildup, it uh, <laughs> we would have been down a keeper, and uh, yeah, we would have seen Josh Cohen in the first match then, and uh, yeah, that's. Not particularly something that I would have uh, necessarily put on the bingo card, nor have wanted to see. That's uh, yeah, because it's like not a keeper winning the position; it's a keeper losing the position. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and then he would have been, uh, you know, definitely not 
playing the next next match and all that. So yeah, no, definitely uh, some fortuitous things happened. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know Braguzan maybe uh, maybe he prayed to the soccer gods this uh, you know before this match and made sure that uh, luck was on his side because he definitely had those moments. But uh, he had a good save in the first period too. That was yeah. just from the run of play. That was very good. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, and uh, those of you watching the the video you're watching me trying to fix my uh, the flag behind me because it's uh, falling down but anyway uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah you know in this uh, second half as well um, you know we I think we, we have some kind of more promising chances obviously we weren't really able to put anything away that's uh, kind of the kind of the uh, the crux of it is that uh, the combination of Almada and Yakumakis uh, yeah they were combining Yakumakis was able to fire a shot but uh, it went high uh, on one of the chances um, yeah I mean there it's... were two chances that should have gone in there was one where it came you know uh, Saba to to Yako in the box should have just been a tap in that should have gone in when gg is more sharp he doesn't have the rust of the offseason i think that he scores that like nine times out of ten so i think that that's you know that'll that'll come again like i said in the kind of my preamble in the beginning you know these types of things will be shaken off and those will come so um and then the the tiago uh tiago almada shot that the goalie just barely parried off um you know that could have been in as well later in the season. So I know we don't think of it like that because Tiago doesn't need a preseason to get going. He's been scoring bangers internationally before this. And last year's season opener, he scored two of them. So it is not unlikely to think that, you know, he can pull this out. However, it just wasn't the case today. Right. And I think that's one of the, the questions that we have to ask of our preseason is that was it a failure or was it a success so i was actually thinking about this if you like they said that they played their games away you know in order to simulate playing away right um to get that monkey off their back i just thought that was weird to say because we never play uh preseason home games anyway like the years before we went to like Mexico that's as that's as uh, a way as you can get basically right. mm -hmm. so that's like I don't point. know what you mean that you're like well Birmingham's like we're practicing for being away like, what I don't I, I thought that was a little weird right and you know uh, something we haven't talked about as well is that it was snowing uh, before this match uh, yes the pitch itself uh, I think uh, you know they were able to the grounds crew able to sweep that all the way slash uh, the actual pitch uh, maybe probably has a little bit of the uh, kind of melting ability that uh, some of the modern stadiums have and I mean yeah you know that could have been a factor in terms of uh, going into the match thinking about okay you know something different that we really obviously did not uh, really encounter in the preseason but I think, again, you know, it's, uh, yes, Columbus, they maybe are a little bit more accustomed to this type of weather, but I think it's still excuses. There's, you know, uh, I, I think if you look at it on, on a whole, the preseason, 
is a failure if your first match that's away and you don't really excise any of the demons from uh, last season, at least yet. Yes, again, it's one match, but I mean, yeah, it's a. Uh, did, did we really see anything too much different? It's it's arguable. I mean, um, I don't think that we've seen much different. Um, because I just I don't think it's it's hard. I like. Yeah. I mean, nothing gets you ready for a game except for a game, really, honestly. Um, and unfortunately, we don't play a lot of MLS teams in preseason, which I think is a mistake. So, um, you know. The one that we did play was CF Montreal, who, uh, yeah, no one's expecting them to pull up trees uh, this uh, this season. and Right, uh, and that wasn't even, like, a legitimate, like, you know, we didn't play it like it's a game. like. Right. And the sporting KC as well. It's like, yeah, you know, while uh, probably you would bet that they're going to probably be a a better team this season than last season. uh, Yeah, I mean, the scoreline dictates something else, obviously. You know, that was more for match fitness, but... uh, Again, not a game. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. I I guess if you want to get ready to play soccer, you should probably play soccer before, you know, but... They do other things. It is what they do. They have sports science and it tells them to do other things, and that's fine. So, right. um, But when you don't win, you have to ask the questions. You do, exactly. And it's that. You know, Yakomakis, he did mention in this offseason that, yeah, you know, you want to be able to have a good preseason together so that you have some acclimation and you're ready for the season from match day one. And I think that's what I think... You know, there's a lot of other teams uh, around the the globe that's, you know, okay. I think back then used to be where players would play themselves into shape. That is just no longer the case anymore, obviously. But uh, yeah, like mo- <laughs> most every player now has to be pretty much fit entire the entire year, and it's uh, yeah. you know for for this, it's it's one of these things though that's. You know, I don't think we were, I don't think we were match sharp, and you know, I, I think it's obviously, you know, some circumstantial things with Almada being away, uh, with Yakumakis, uh, he's, you know, kind of uh, in and out in preseason, and yeah, I mean, for for which reasons we're not really sure, but uh, you know, it didn't really help. I mean, I think uh, if uh, pretty much Yakumakis played only half the preseason matches how is he supposed to be sharp so yeah it's uh yeah it, it's circumstantial but it's also i think it's looked upon yeah you have to ask these questions was it yako keeps getting injured so what are you gonna do yeah so um but anyway so like before we get into the the nazi uh com- comparison um i want to kind of conclude by like yeah i i did just criticize Pineda and the club about their preseason and how they entered this match and what the results were. However, there's a very real possibility that any team with any level, considering even the highest level of preparation, um, like their this this team is uh, you know operating at their optimal 100%. Uh, there's a very realistic possibility that any team operating 100% would have still lost against Columbus at home. Um, you know no matter what so like i i that's why i kept saying i hate that we're playing columbus in the first match 
because why don't like you know you see teams like cincinnati playing like toronto and philadelphia playing some other like low team or whatever like, and i'm like why can't we get a low team to start out with like they so they can build their confidence and everything um like the, the, yeah like you could say like we would we'd be having a different conversation the other conversation would be something like we won but we didn't dominate we had some issues um that we will uh like kind of, we'll fix and work on throughout the season and then we'll get there right my whole thing is like well that's three points like we could have while in our weakened state gotten three points against a weaker team and then slowly grown into match fitness or what have you like into our sharpness and then once we run into columbus away there's a chance we actually beat them but nope we get them right off the bat which well, i thought was really obnoxious right well i mean you know the scheduling gods uh, didn't smile upon us obviously and uh, i think the the main thing probably is that uh, the scheduling gods wanted uh, some good eyeballs for you know kind of the the start of uh you know kind of mls saturday and i think with that you know if miami rsl you right. gave cincinnati toronto like what are, right. what are these mismatches and then you give us like you give you know uh, uh, i don't know it was just such a like all these other things seem like mismatches and ours was like you know blow for blow even and i'm like why why are you gonna give us a black eye right in the beginning but you know yeah and you know uh to be fair most of our games that we've started off a season with we haven't won uh, i think we've won maybe i think two maybe or three and those years were pretty dire, which I don't think is a, you know, correlative, but uh, it is, you know, uh, worrying. No, not really. I mean, I think, uh, you know, if we can mitigate the the issues that we see for the rest of the season, I think, uh, you know, if we can learn from that, then great. But if not. You better be sure that we're gonna have something to say about it, and yeah, it's a uh, that's that's what uh, I think you know is probably the the hope is that we are learning from these mistakes that uh, we are making, and uh, so far, sometimes though, it doesn't really feel like that. So you know, it but is talking uh, about some mistakes. Let's talk about uh, the comparison between um, Pineda and Nancy's style. Well. Yeah, that's part of the mailbag, so I'm happy you uh, you talked about that. We will talk about that in the mailbag. So, but uh, right. yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's wrap a bow on this match, though. And um, yeah, basically, Pineda he said it's not easy to play the champion, the first team of the season, and they did a great job. They his players adjusted very well. I like what I see in the locker room, the belief they have in themselves. We lost today. We cannot change that, but I think especially in the second half, performance is encouraging. We can build something out of that. I think, I think I can imagine what the uh, the post match speech and you know talk was from Pineda. It's probably something similar, uh, and that's uh, yeah, you know, it's something to build on. Uh, it's a it's a t as tough of an assignment as it is, but. You know, I think uh, you know the the numbers at least in uh, the final. Um, it, it reads a little bit better than maybe what uh, 
you know, what we saw in the first half, at least anyway. Because while Columbus, they had 16 shots to our six, their shots on target were only three. Ours were three. And possession-wise, it was pretty much a, a coin flip. And, uh, you know, we actually had a better passing accuracy. So uh, all those things, uh, you know, are fine. The XG, though, 2.2 for Columbus Crew. Ours, 0.7. And that's the issue, is that we're not getting clear enough chances. And... You know, it's just something that expected goals, while it's a maybe imperfect stat, it still can tell a pretty good tale that, yeah, it probably should have been, it probably should have been at least a, uh, you know, 2-0, 2-1 scoreline that, uh, you know, we, we kind of lucked out a little bit, so. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, unfortunately, United only play next Saturday on March 9th, and so there's a bye week, but... Uh, that doesn't mean there isn't stuff to talk about, which we will get into in the news. And uh, yeah, so uh, in the news, uh, at least uh, Atlanta-related uh, and adjacent-related, uh, February 26th kicked off the 2027 FIFA Women's World Cup Site Inspection Tour. And uh, yeah, basically they're excited to showcase their vision. Uh, U.S. Soccer tweeted and how the U.S. and Mexico can bring the tournament to new heights. And it's definitely exciting. Yeah, FIFA Women's World Cup, uh, you know, being at the Benz, definitely awesome. Uh, as well, Copa America, you know, those tickets went out uh, for sale, and uh, that should be very exciting for uh, soccer fans in America as well. But, uh, but yeah, uh, moving on from that, uh so the replacement refs that uh, pretty much were refereeing our match this, uh, you know, for match day one, they were apparently, uh, some had experiences in USL, in the MLS NP, uh, some were from college games, uh, and they're jumping directly to the top flights. Did you feel like with these kind of replacement refs, these... Uh, if uh, if you will, it's it's not the best term for them, but it is kind of what they are. Unfortunately, uh, these scabs are they. D- did you feel like there was a difference in uh, in this match, or yeah? I mean, do you feel like it was justly called? Yeah, for our match, I thought it was fine. Um, uh, some other matches that I watched, I thought it was a little little goofy, uh, but yep. for our match, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I think uh, you may be referring to the Busquets, uh, you know, double or the the second yellow for the LA Galaxy player. That's, uh, yeah, what? <laughs> you know, you just uh, you're getting conned by you know a world beater. To be fair, but I mean that that's as egregious as a call as they come, and it definitely affected the game. They, Inter Miami, probably shouldn't have gotten a point, but. That's uh, that's neither here nor there. So, but anyway, uh, the uh, in terms of uh, the labor negotiations between Pro and PSRA, they will apparently resume on uh, which the day that we're recording this, uh, February twenty eighth. That's according to Jeff Carlisle, and uh, yeah, the session will conclude or include a mediator from the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service. So. Uh, yep. Yeah, hopefully they can figure that out because yeah, 
while that happened, uh, you know, that uh, bad second yellow happened in L.A. or Carson, uh, Carson City, I wouldn't want that to happen to us. So, yeah, we need to make sure that the, uh, the actual uh, pro-level, pro-referees are refereeing our matches, please. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Doug Roberson, he tweeted out that uh, the turf has uh, started to be put back down in the bends. Uh, so, you know, that's definitely a good thing. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see, uh, you know, kind of... I think the, the turf that we have is definitely, of course, uh, been mentioned by Miles Robinson as maybe a factor in his decision to leave. But, uh, you know, it still is something that's... Uh, it's probably still the, the highest level of turf that you can get out there. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it being put in, uh, definitely necessary for sure. But uh, moving on from that, Atlanta United, they announced the club roster ahead of the season. Uh, a couple of very interesting things in there, including that Stian Gregerson will occupy a DP spot. Saba actually was bought down uh, and, you know, essentially the eight international roster spots as well. Uh, I think it's probably the, the, the suspects that you would expect, the usual suspects. Abram, Yakumakis, Gregerson, Lapsanitze, Boyamba, uh, Sova, Schlies, and Tiare. But, uh, yeah, the fact is, as well as the, the club only has three active roster spots, two on a senior roster and one on its supplemental roster. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Roberson, he also tweeted out that LA United doesn't have allocation money right now to buy down Steon Gregerson and open up a DP spot. So only way to open up a DP slot right now is to sell a DP, which obviously will not be happening. So, uh, yeah, It's interesting. I mean, you have a strategy that we kind of never done before. Um, instead of having, you know, three high, high-paid, full-fledged DPs, you have kind of two DPs, and then, uh, like, well, you have you have two full-fledged DPs, and then a third one that's, like, maybe not so much, and a then DP you have light. two more. Yeah, and then you have two, two more players that are also, like, high-level TAM players, that you can kind of spread it around a little bit more with, which is interesting. So it's like Garth called them DP lights. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it, it's interesting to, instead of having like three big guys, you have two big guys and one medium, and then like three smaller versions of that um, running around. And Shmedium, you have, you a, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I try to differentiate between these like three made up levels of fake money stuff. But right. um, yeah. So like, it, you have more like kind of skillful coverage over the entire field uh, versus, you know, have uh, like front loading it all on the top, like which most teams do, unless you're Nashville. So I guess we kind of pulled the Nashville a little bit with having a DP defender. So that's interesting. Indeed. And especially when there are some, uh, it's that, I mean, you know, uh, the conversation is going to steer towards that. Yeah. Miles Robinson, you know, he, uh, he was offered uh, something close to this, but uh, ultimately, you know, he he viewed it as yes, he 
he needed to play on grass probably and uh, you know maybe go for a shorter contract so he can maybe find his way to Europe uh, from there have a you know healthy better season than last season but uh, yeah I mean you know it ultimately it it, it conjures up the, the conversation of okay well you know Gregerson he will always be compared pretty much to Robinson in that that sense and uh, will he outproduce him and you know giving away a penalty on the the first match day well you know that aside I think he actually had a pretty good match and yeah and I don't even think that was his fault I think that the play and everything had broken down before Stian was even involved and he had to make a play like that to salvage something right so uh, you know, but we'll see. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, there are no more penalties uh, that uh, he will be giving up this season. But uh, as well, another uh, another roster move uh, was that Centeno. He is the only LA United player who will go on a season-long loan to LA United 2. And so, uh, yeah, there's 18 of 20 senior slots used, like I uh, mentioned before. And, uh, yeah, there's just not another... Uh, there's not cap space to sign another starting caliber player. So, uh, yep. And it'll be difficult because we have a lot of players that get called into national teams. And, uh, yeah, you know, we don't have the cover. It's just, uh, that's what MLS is. We, that's, that's the rant from last episode. (laughs) Pretty much is, uh, or two episodes ago now, I guess. Is uh, yeah, the things that we're not uh, as a league working on to make sure that uh, yeah we don't have these issues because yeah while okay you know we're not a top five league around the world we still have a lot of players called into national teams that pretty much it's a punishment almost like we we have to we played a large part of last summer without all three of our DPs, if any, for some of the matches. Like, that's that's ridiculous in, uh, in a uh, kind of roster, uh, in a roster sense. So, uh, and I have a little bit of a frog in my throat, so uh, bear with me. Do guys. you find, do you go out and find players that are like, you know, like just as good as Saba, Zande, and stuff like that? Like, like Zande, essentially, because... Right. He's Portuguese and will never play for the Portuguese national team anymore. So, like, do you go out and specifically find players who won't be called up? Right. Um, you get that advantage. Is that some, Is that a calculus? Because, you know, those players exist. They're out there, you know, but, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you get players like uh, Darlington Nagby who don't want to be on the national team. And, uh, yeah, that really helps Columbus. Like, that, no doubt absolutely is a plus because will he would he start for the u.s men's national team hell yeah he would he would be arguably their best player i mean it's uh you know you, you could maybe say uh you know maybe one of the forwards or whichever pulisic uh as well and you know ferreira maybe a shout or, or whatever but i think uh you know locking down that midfield he would have helped in a lot of the cycles that we had but you know, that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, so, as well, Carlos Bocanegra, uh, <clears throat> he did mention that uh, in the uh, press conferences before the season opener that 
the club might be looking to bring in a third striker. Uh, he said that's a possibility, not a rush on that. And he also hinted that the club could be in a market for a left-footed left back as well. So definitely interesting. Uh, you know, I think those uh, were, at least for me, I definitely think. Definitely need those. Yeah, Mr. Exactly. Concussion prone is yep. worrying me. So, you know, I hope he recovers and stops getting concussions. Right. Which, uh, yeah, concussions are really difficult to kind of recover from fully. And, uh, yeah, but, you know. Hopefully uh, that is the case, that uh, yes, he can recover quickly. Uh, moving on from that, Jeff Carlisle uh, of ESPN, he also uh, he reported that Allen United will reportedly participate in the U.S. Open Cup, which, yeah, is great news for some people. Uh, some people maybe couldn't care less, but uh, as of right now, the top seven supporter shield finishers not in the uh, CONCACAF Champions Cup will enter their first teams, plus Houston as defending champs for a total of eight MLS first teams. Still not a quote-unquote done-done deal, but uh, basically means that Seattle, LAFC, Houston, Atlanta, RSL, Dallas, Kansas City, and San Jose will be in. And uh, yeah, there's not much data on how many MLS Pro or next Pro teams will be entered as well. But uh, yeah, well, what's your take on you know we're we're back we're back uh, playing in the U.S. Open Cup? I mean, it's it's fine. Um, I I don't really mind us playing in that competition. I kind of like it when we do well. It just kind of sucks that we haven't done well in a while. Um, so hopefully we can dodge an embarrassment like last like unlike last year. Um, but it's interesting that it's 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 Atlanta versus the entire Western Conference, basically, because yeah. that's just how stacked the Eastern Conference is. Yeah. They're like all in the Concacaf Champions League. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the the sad thing, and also the like, yeah, oh, um, you know. But that's why you play it. That's why you play the U.S. Open Cup, so that if you win it, you can get into the Concacaf Champions Cup. So, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, uh, maybe, yeah, we can win it for the second time. Uh, I think of the teams that are in it, I would say we're probably one of the favorites. So, you yeah. know, you know we, we should make sure that we put in our best players for these matches because, uh, yeah, we want to be in, uh, you know, that Champions Cup. But, uh, yeah, uh, moving on from that, uh, there is uh, some uh, chatter uh, Yakumakis, he did mention that he uh, his goal for this season is Golden Boot. Uh, a lot of pundits and other people around the league have maybe suggested that, yeah, he's probably a favorite for it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, he, his hope for that, I think, is founded. I think he's probably one of the most clinical finishers in the league. So hopefully he can do that. Uh, moving on from that, Brooks Lennon. He made his 200th appearance uh, in uh, the MLS regular season uh, on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, he's played 114 matches with LA United. Of course, he used to be with uh, Real Salt Lake as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy that he's played actually that many matches. It's uh, it's wild. I, I remember when he first signed for us. So, yeah, kind of wild. But, um, yeah. And he ranks fourth most in matches played for Allen United. Uh, yeah, just behind Joseph Martinez, Jeff Lorenowitz, 
Braguzan, uh, Miles Robinson has also played uh, 100 regular season matches or more with the club. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, Jaden Hibbert of NLU United 2. He was named to the Jamaican national team squad for March 1st and March 3rd with uh, in, in Trinidad and Tobago. And uh, yeah, last bit of news is that Ozzy Alonso, he has signed a one-day contract to retire as a sounder. And uh, yeah, best of luck to him in retirement. Uh, I mean, yes, he maybe had a kind of very injury-marred time and spell with us, but uh, definitely I think he still is a legend in MLS and much due respect for, you know, that type of player. And uh, yeah, you know, definitely, like I said, uh, good luck in retirement. But, um, but yeah, so that does it for the news. That gets us into the mailbag. And you guys send in these questions through either Discord or IG Story. Please continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future. But, yeah, we'll give priority to Patreon members. And uh, Gavin, he asks, to learn from the opening uh, Columbus match, could we possibly go on an unbeaten streak, especially with our next two matches at home? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to little preview for our next week's episode when we preview the match against uh, New England. I think we're going to tear them to pieces, honestly. Um, I think that's going to be an exciting match. I'm, I might be going to it. We'll see. Um, and if we do, that's going to be more exciting. So, uh, yeah, I'm really like pumped for that game. I think we are going to rip them to shreds. Hopefully so. I mean, you know, uh, obviously they uh, they have a new coach. It's you know uh, that first showing for them wasn't spectacular, but Carl's heel is a thorn in our side, and he yeah, if you give him time and space, which yeah, in the first match uh, for the Revs, he got time and space, and he put in. Probably the goal, goal of the week. I mean, just nasty. Just a ridiculous goal that, uh, you know, I think very few players in this league can score, and that's that's him. And uh, so, yeah, it will still be tough. It's not a, uh, I think it's not a, uh, just like gimme, these next two matches. But, yeah, I think we could go on an unbeaten streak for at least two matches. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it fares well because yeah, the revs, I think can be got. And then as well, you know, at least the fortress that is the bends. Usually we should be okay, but, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, next question comes from Josh Cohen fan. Uh, how many games should we win at home? Draws not counted. Uh, that's following up to uh, Gavin's question there. Uh, more than we had last year. That's what, that's what I'll say. Like, um, I I want. I, I I don't know like the exact math of it, but it would I would say like I don't know, like maybe I'd say like three or four or something like that because I I don't know how many we lost last year at home. Um, but I know there were some times where I was like that should not have been a draw. That should have not have been a loss. We should have had that win. Those types of games, I'm a little more confident this year that we can turn those, you know, 
50-50 could have gone this way, could have gone that way types of games in our favor. So I think I think those games will fall as wins this year, and I think that's maybe around three, possibly more. Yeah, so at home last season, uh, we were 10-4-3. So we had a good yeah. number of uh, actual wins at home, but... Uh, yeah, of course, it was our dismal away record that, uh, yeah, didn't really help, but... Um, we can easily turn, like, three of those draws into into wins, I think. Yeah, so it, <clears throat> I think, uh, yeah, maybe not that many uh, losses, I think. That's the goal, is uh, make sure that we don't lose at home. Like, that's that should be the absolute goal. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh Next question comes from 11OMR. When are we signing the third striker, or are we going to take a gamble on Ashton Gordon when Yakumakis has to miss a game due to yellows and TRA is out due to concussion protocol? I mean, yeah, that's a good question. Ashton I mean, Gordon. it may be. I mean, yeah. but, like, it's we're, we're assuming TRA will be good to go by the time... Yakumakis has to go anywhere, so I think that's the plan. Um, I I foresee Garth making signings in the summer window. I don't foresee him making them hastily now or in the near future unless something calamitous happens. So let's cross our fingers and hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, Ashton Gordon might get a look. Uh, I I. I highly doubt it though because uh yeah we would really have to be in a pinch i feel like uh i think some other players might get a look before he does uh those on the first team because yeah i don't think we want to uh use up those <laughs> those um you know basically you have the uh right. you know you, you have to bring it bring them up contracts though. exactly the temporary contracts and uh i think you know those other players that might be i mean i would probably think it's Saba. I think it's could be also uh, maybe a Nick Firmino uh, kind of as a right. false nine uh, or if Tiago Amada is uh, is playing, you know, I think he would be the false nine. So uh, yeah, it could be that uh, which I think would be very interesting to see how we would play and stretch teams and uh, you know, pull their, their center backs out of position. I think something that we should maybe look into. And, uh, and see how we might be able to play. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, now it gets to uh, Ethan, LA United 17's question. What is the difference between Pineda's and Wilford Nancy's game philosophy strategy, uh, sl philosophy slash strategy? From what I see in here, it's described al as almost identical no matter what play attack and possession-based football. If there really isn't much difference between the two coaches, would that mean the the discrepancy is due to players' execution of the game plan? And I think, yeah, it, you're right in some degrees there, Ethan. Is that, uh, yeah, you know, there is uh, some similarities, of course, with all the coaches that are trying to play uh, as protagonists in football, where they are trying to dictate what's happening. And they're trying to use the ball uh, versus, you know, playing off the ball more or less and, uh, you know, maybe letting the other team have the ball. And so, you know, the 
the outward strategy is similar, obviously, but the execution, uh, whether it's with players, whether it's with the coaching and coaching staff, uh, I think there's differences in quality, and I think that's the difference is that uh, Pineda, you know, he's he's the type of coach that he's still, he's still I think, uh, he still has some room for growth to be able to, I think, impact uh, a team in the way that a Wolfer Nancy can because Wolfer Nancy obviously has the championship pedigree. He's shown that he can actually coach them to... Uh, you know, a cup. And with that, I think it's because of certain, uh, you know, maybe not obvious things that you can see, but, uh, you know, I think something telling is that uh, what something Nancy said uh, to the press previously, uh, that quote, uh, it's kind of uh, in terms of characterizing kind of uh, what he's heard from many of his peers over the years. Uh, he's saying, uh, they say, don't do this, don't do that. Don't do this, don't do that. Don't stop the ball, play quick. Uh, center backs, you have you have to play two touches all the time. Uh, now, first touch away, don't stop the ball. Or don't play back to the keeper. Or don't play the ball twice back in a row because it slows down the play. Don't make lateral passes. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's very, very telling that, uh, you know. Don't tell Rosetto about that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think we we obviously didn't have the players maybe to actually execute some of the things that we want to do. Uh, I think a major thing is like what uh, you know you see the best teams around the world is that they can switch up their play and not just be a team that builds out from the back, but they can also go long and you know either hit their target, it being the center forward or you know another player that's uh you know is good at headers but those goalkeepers or center backs whether they can actually uh either hit the long ball or hit the switches that are necessary which Wolfram Nazi he had the players slash he had the wherewithal to be able to uh you know have those players positionally be in the right spot to punish us we, we essentially in that match uh, against them, they were able to find that ball in behind regularly, and we they couldn't. were very good at switching. They yeah. were very good. Exactly, and that's that's how you that's how you beat mid blocks. That's how you, uh, you know, in terms of uh, dictate where the ball is going to be and the pattern of play. That's how you do it, and positionally as well like I don't think our players are maybe uh, quite there yet in terms of uh, being able to execute some of the things uh, maybe either it's the football IQ or maybe it's talent as well because we've not had a goalkeeper that can place the ball onto the top of a, a player's head or to their feet on a regular basis that just doesn't exist in this league because if they did they wouldn't be playing in this league but uh michael yeah you have some uh, some thoughts on this um yeah everything you said sounds good um there's one thing i also i feel like this is a wrinkle in the equation uh in that you know we're seeing in atlanta united right now 
Um, you know, like, so you asked what the discrepancy between these two teams are, if everything else seems equal, right? Um, it seems like, well, it has to be the players. I mean, I think that's partially right. I think it's partially in that we don't know how Atlanta United is going to play at their full potential yet. Um, I think when we get to that full potential, we will be more on a similar level like Columbus. Um, and I think you'll see similar results. Um, so, you know, give it some time. I um under the impression that we'll start to look and play and be able... And there won't be as much of a difference um, like it was with this first game that we saw. So if we run into them again later in the season, kind of like how I said, you know, earlier in the episode, you know, if we ran into them later in the season once we had developed a little bit more, um, I think you would see a far more even game, if not uh, us winning. So that that to me could also be a reason for the discrepancy um because i do agree that i think they do you know employ similar tactical philosophies um so yeah it's it's exciting and good it's interesting matchup to watch two teams that play like this play each other so that's uh even though we lost it was an entertaining game right and i think that's why you see that it was a lot tighter of a game uh, away this time is that's uh, the level of players is better. Uh, the, the time that they've had together is a little bit more. Because, yes, and to Michael's point, is that the you know the, the season that uh, Wolfram Nancy had to pretty much acclimate all the players to each other sans maybe a couple of players that uh, you know, essentially did uh, come in later uh, during the uh, secondary transfer window. Yeah, like that is, there is a difference there. But as well, you know, we we had mostly a lot of the, the players sans, okay, uh, some core, I think that definitely changed uh, our ability, changed our uh, chemistry, and probably for the better. And so, yeah, I think you have players that can execute a little bit better of uh, what Pineda is trying to do, but there still is, I think, an ability from the coach to get these players to be in the right spot uh, or not so that we can play out of some of the uh, some of the presses that we do see and the, uh, you know, the, the, the types of defenses that we do see. I, I don't think that we're seeing that quite yet from Pineda. I think that's the issue is that... Uh, you know, these players maybe aren't being coached to the utmost degree that uh, you know they can be to adjust in game, because ultimately they need to be coached up to the point in game that they can make decisions for themselves and uh, adjust without Pineda having to make massive adjustments in the match. And while he still needs to, he's absolutely can impact these matches from the sideline it's still you know that first half is that that's the issue is that we couldn't adjust and that's why it was one-way traffic we uh yeah we basically couldn't build out from the back and you know i think that's what you saw that's yeah that's the difference but, we definitely tried we'd pass it around in the back and then we would just hoof it after we figured out that 
whenever we start passing around in the back, Columbus, that was their, you know, pressing trigger. And then we just, you know, had to either we coughed it up or we just like, you know, blasted it out of there for a 50-50 ball. So it was, mm -hmm. it, you know, I don't, I don't know if, you know, you were kind of hinting at like, if we develop a little bit more, we can be able to be better at handling high presses from teams. I'm not sure we're ever going to get to a point where we're going to comfortably handle high pressing teams. But I think that now with the talent at our disposal, I think that's yeah, that's the issue. But yeah, yes, uh, yeah. So don't expect that to ever be the case. I think at least at this season, I think we're gonna have to just outscore high pressing teams. Um, I think I think it'll usually they'll get one or two past us because that's just the way uh, it kind of works with our team. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's why teams like. New York Red Bulls have always give, given us fits because we don't have the players to play out of it. We just don't. And, uh, you know, you have Tata Martino, who's, you know, a world-class coach, but, you know, limited players. So, but, uh, yep, uh, moving on from that, Bruno C, World Cup champ 2022, he asks, if we lose against Columbus and Guzan starts, do we bench him or give him another game? Which, okay, it happened. So I think that's the, uh, you know, that's the question is, did we, do we give him another game? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think he, he probably earned through his play probably another match. So what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I, I think you're, I think you're right. I think he has, um, but just like kind of how I said on a previous episode, I don't think it matters that much again in this case. I don't think it mattered that much in the last game either. I think Columbus was going to win that game regardless. Um, I don't think it was going to come down to goaltending. And I don't think our win against New England will come down to goaltending either. So I don't think it matters so much in the next game. Yeah. All right. So uh, next question comes from IG Story and... Uh, Barton Ethan, uh, Barton.Ethan asks, who is the signing you are most excited to watch this season? It, yeah, like I think I've answered this before and I'll keep answering it this way because I am excited to watch Sleese play. The guy is supposed to be the guy who turns the team into a more attack-minded, you know, building out the back kind of team. Um, and I'm excited to see him play it's because like i know what i'm gonna get from the rest of the team by now and he's the only one who's kind of the wild card but he's billed as a a savior of sorts so like i'm really excited to watch him so he's he's got my eye quite often when i'm watching yeah i mean agreed uh i think he's the the player that uh you know all things kind of considered uh Sarah gregerson miles robinson fairly equal on kind of uh, level of play. It's the Schleich signing that uh, I think should bring us over the top if all goes well. So, uh, And with that, <laughs> uh, B. Riss Alvarado asks, is Schleich living up to the hype? Which is way too early to ask that question, but... Yeah, I mean, not yet. Like, give him time. Like I said, it kind of about like the team as a whole... We need to give them a little bit of time. Um, I I think he, sh I mean, as as I ex would have expected, is he showed signs of promise. He showed signs of potential um, of what he can do and what he could do. Um, so we'll see how he develops. I just hope he's not like 
like an emotionally fragile player like we've had quite a few of those in the past and you know results can kind of get him because like what worries me is like this guy just win he's on he was on the best team in poland and they just kind of dominate every year um and so he's used to just winning all the time what happens when you are in a situation where you have a you know a stretch of losses or you know things are not going well like how does he handle that how does he perform now um so hopefully he can keep things up i think because of the chemistry of the team the camaraderie that they've displayed so far um you know all these good time stories from them i think that hopefully even if he does get down or if he is a little emotionally fragile they can bring him up and i think he'll be fine i hope this team is mentally strong this season yeah and I think on the flip side of that too, I think you know he brings that winning pedigree, and so it is something that maybe he brings to the locker room where uh, he brings up other players when you know we're in a losing streak or something. Uh, God, but, I hope so. Yeah, and so he he makes sure that uh, you know our mentality is of a winning one and not of a uh, team that you know allows himself to get on a losing streak, but. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. DZ Mahavich. Uh, well, I'm butchering that, but uh, what, if any, parts are we missing from the team at the moment? Um, I don't know if we're like, yeah, this starting 11 is really good. I don't know if we're missing too much. I, what we're missing is in the depth area. So that that is, you know, and you have like we mentioned a little bit before with the the third striker option and the left back option those are your going to be your prime spots to reinforce and a little bit in the midfield but those are that's a further priority down the line um so yeah th i think that's where we're i don't know if we really need to upgrade anywhere else for the most part i say that tentatively i mean like perhaps like williams might be your lowest kind of guy but he's been doing well so i don't see any reason and it's just i mean it brings up a bigger point that i i feel like we're going to be talking about a lot is the hell is going on for brahm mm -hmm. and you know i think that's uh something maybe he just didn't have a good preseason and maybe he's got to play his way back into a starting spot There's usl teams man he just can't he just can't yeah. handle them <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and uh so maybe it's that but uh because maybe it is you know he uh Maybe he just uh, gives them too much time and space. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I think it's that. Uh, you're absolutely right with everything there. I think uh, I think it actually should be midfield that we actually, uh, you know, prioritize because um, <clears throat> we, I don't think we can get away with just four guys in midfield. Like, it's, it's not enough. It's just not enough of the the duration of a season uh yeah we absolutely need to bring in uh you know a little bit more i think mobility as well i mean yes fortune uh is that guy to to help with that but um you know say one of the players go down now we only have three <laughs> say one of them gets a card or god forbid a red card and has to go out of the match now you have two going into any match and what happens if yeah it just it's it's not good like i, I don't want to play out all these scenarios it's a uh, like we we need more in midfield it's uh just point blank so um okay uh let's see uh 
getting into another question. Uh, Ty Neko 75. Any update on the pregame lot? He's talking about the, the tailgates. Uh, that's the great question. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, they keep changing it. They keep changing where it is. It used to be right next to, uh, at least for the last few seasons, uh, across the, the street from the stadium, uh, next to the Hard Rock Cafe Hotel, but uh, or the Reverb, rather. And, yep, now it's uh, still being determined. I think uh, there has been a spot maybe chosen, but it's not going to be the entire, uh, you know, all the... The supporters groups and therein lies one of the issues uh yeah if you used to watch this channel uh you know kind of earlier the fan camps uh we kind of relied on it being somewhere uh where everybody knew like the gulch and that's not the case it just keeps changing every single season and uh it's difficult it's difficult to not only find parking it's not it's difficult to uh, kind of get to those areas and, you know, post-match, pre-match. Uh, yeah, people have issues getting to the place where everybody is. I mean, uh, you know, as the as that show tune goes, I just want to be where the people are. So, <laughs> but, so uh, if you are either a member of a supporters group or want to join one or are you know have questions like the one we just answered or attempted to answer uh please join our discord we have people who are in you know high levels of some of these supporters groups who can you know give you information about this type of stuff um you know they're a one keyboard stroke away from saying hi and going hey here's what is looking like for the game day coming up if you have any questions so best place probably to get it outside of knowing someone who's literally a decision maker in those organizations personally so that's just our plug you know it's not just a fun community it's also has utility too so okay yeah love it love it and uh so yeah last question comes from terminus united 83 do we have the cbs needed to run the offense we are trying to have i'm not sure after week one i mean again this is a lot of like kind of what the theme of the episode is is i we're not sure what the potential looks like yet of this team so the answer is they could be but obviously game one they were not um so if they develop to that point great but if not then yeah you're you're right to be worried because they just aren't good enough to do it um so i don't know i think the balance of probability is that they probably will develop to be at least good enough to to power the offense enough that we are a dangerous team can they be better of course but will they be can we afford it that these are questions that are hard to wrestle with so um we'll see i mean it's it's a long season hopefully they get you know their act together um they seem to have you know potential stan and williams played pretty well i mean you know like and and you know we're talking about how they can help the offense which is of course an essential duty of theirs but it's their main thing is defense and they did a damn good job for the most part so I think we've upgraded and I and I'm looking forward to conceding a heck of a lot less than season this season compared to last. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, defensively they look a lot stronger. It's the how do they start the attack? And do they have the variance in their play? Are they positionally sound enough to be able to uh play out from the back? 
And can they spread the play well enough? Can they hit those long diagonals? Can they uh, keep the defense on the other side on their toes? That's what will remain to be seen. That's why we're going to watch. And and most teams are not going to be Columbus good. So, you know, they will be able to work some magic against other teams that we weren't able to see against Columbus because Columbus's press is a heck of a thing to deal with. So, yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, guys, uh, that is the mailbag. Thank you guys for uh, sending those questions in. Make sure to send your questions in when we ask and uh, your question might be answered on the show. So, uh, yeah, that is great. Great questions this time, guys. It oh, was yeah. a lot of fun answering. Exactly. Yeah. Love the questions this time. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, yeah, more of those in-depth ones because, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we want we want to challenge AJ's big brain. So give us <laughs> the most difficult questions you can think of. I appreciate that. You're, you're far too kind, Michael. But uh, no, I, like I said in the Discord, uh, no, I I am not a, a big-brained person. I just, uh, I'm, an, I'm an avid learner. You just learner. play one on TV? <laughs> no, I'm just an <laughs> avid learner, man. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so anyway, guys, that is the mailbag and pretty much the entire episode except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, how many games do you think Josh Cohen starts in 2024? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's double digits. I just don't know how many. Like, it's... it's I'm not even sure I can answer that question. Yeah. Leave your answers below. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Michael, I mean, give us your your guess. I'm going to give my guess. You know, let's... uh, Oh, let's see. Um, what do I want? I want to say I want to say minimum twenty. Yeah. So all competitions. Oh, all competitions. Yeah. But you're saying twenty in MLS? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty MLS. So Guzan only starting like fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say probably like eighteen, uh, in all competitions. I, like I. I don't know. Like, uh, I think he's. Yeah, all competitions can be less than twenty, but I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, guys, let us know in the comments below. Looking forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Oh. <laughs>